You got to get in there and you got to find out what he has to say. Matter of fact, if you're here today and you don't own a Bible, if you'll hold your hand up, our ushers will bring one to you. It's a gift to you. We want to make sure everybody has a copy of the Word of God. And, and, and I'm not asking you, I think it's a great, uh, it's, it's a great goal, read through the Bible. You know, you can, there's all kinds of programs that will actually read it for you, read it to you. In, in a year, you can get through the whole Bible in a year. You can go through the uh, book of Proverbs, you know, every month just by simply reading the chapter of the day. You, you know, you can read through... Uh, Psalms. If you just read five chapters a day, you'll get through it in a month. You know, it's, it's easy to read the Bible, but I want to encourage you to find a verse or two that you're going to weave into the very fabric of your being. That you're going to take time to, to meditate it, to, uh, to digest it, to get it in you to the point that when life shakes you, that that's what comes up. Uh, Joshua said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. In other words, don't get caught without God's word in your mouth. Because if you have his word, he said, then you'll know what to do. Then you'll know what to do because God's word, see, this isn't a recording of of what he said. This is a recording of what he is saying. His word is alive and powerful. It's it's current. It's right now. It's going to bring insight, wisdom, revelation, discernment. It's going to open doors that are locked. It's going to close doors that you shouldn't go through. It's, it's going to give you the ability to know what to do in moments that you don't know what to do. That, that for a believer, see, for a believer, he has to have the Word of God. I said he has to have the Word of God. You, you got, and, and, and you know, you, you just, you got to engage. You, you, okay, you got your T-shirt, you got your bumper sticker, you got your parking spot. Yeah, but do you have a word? You know, you, you need, a, not the, the word of God, a word from God. So that it's walking with, man, I'm telling you what, when, when, you, when, you, when you recognize, uh, uh, and, and actually, you know, even in the Bible, it, it refers to uh, the word logos. Uh, you, you're familiar with that word, logos, which is the written word of God. In the beginning was the word, logos. And, and really, it's God's system of logic where we get the word logic. And in the beginning was God's system of logic. But there was a, a competing system of logic. There's a secular system of logic that, that tries to uh, argue uh, God's system. And, and, and if all you do is compare systems of logic, it can be very confusing. Because you know, even the enemy, when he went out into the desert to, to attempt to get Jesus off track, he used Scripture. You know, he, he used a system of logic to try to twist God's system of logic. It can be very, very confusing. But when the logos shifts, and, become, and you want to know what's crazy, is a verse that is logos, when breathed on by the Spirit of God, is transformed. And it's no longer logos, now it's rhema. All Scripture is given of God. Remember that one? Remember that verse? All Scripture is given of God. What, what, it, what it says in the original is all Scripture is breathed by God. And when, when, God, when, when the Spirit of God breathes on the Word of God, it, it changes everything. And, and now that, that written word that was kind of confusing suddenly is very, very clear. Because when you've heard from God, I'm going to tell you this. When you've heard from God, Nana ain't going to talk you out of it. And Nana might tell you herself, she's married to the devil, and he can't talk you out of it either. 
Okay? No, nobody can rip from your grip what, what God has breathed on in your spirit. And, and it just it, it opens everything up. And I got to tell you, sometimes, you know, to be in my position, it's so, it can be kind of frustrating because, you know, uh, you'll come and you'll have an insight. You'll have a word from God. You know, uh, uh, you, you get ready and you get fired up and, okay, this is the word. And, and you speak it to the people and you can tell, uh, I'm not communicating this right. Because, well, trust me, if you were standing here, you could tell. And, and, and there are just moments when you can tell, and, and, and it, can be, it can be crazy, you know, because I just want you to get it, you know what I mean? And, uh, and I found a video that might help you understand what I'm talking about. Watch, watch the screen. from the book of Proverbs. If I may digress for a moment from my prepared message, I mean it when I say to you, you guys, sometimes you're bad. Don't be jerks. You're supposed to be good. I'm in my office every day, and somebody comes in, and they're like, hey, whoops. I'm like, don't. Dan, what is your deal? If anybody doesn't know, Dan is the worst. I took a vow to not say who was the worst, but it's Dan. You guys are making me look bad in front of God. What's that? Oh, look, it's Jesus. And he said, stop it. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Look at the person next to you and say, how you doing, Dan? (laughs) I'm glad my name's not Dan. <laughs> oh, man. Dan sucketh. You know, uh, well, let's, pr- let's just pray and go home. That was good. <laughs> you guys. God has a way for us to do life. I said God has a way for us to do life. You know, and as we've been kind of investigating the three chairs, you know, the first chair, I'll just remind you quickly, is the chair of commitment. We're just calling it commitment, and it, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's like the, this, is, this is where we want to get, okay? Not, not in one area of our life, but in every area of our lives. We, we want to be first chair believers. We want to be first chair husbands. We want to be first chair employees and employers, 
We want to be first chair in, in, in every realm of our life. It's, it's, it's commitment. And uh, compromise is, is the second chair. Compromise is, what, is a life of duplicity. It's, it's, it just depends on who I'm with uh, that, that's going to determine how I'm going to act, how, how am I going to handle a situation. I don't know. It just, it just depends. And, and see, and, and, and this guy, this, this guy is the, the average guy. See, first chair lives by conviction. Second chair lives by comparison. See, the first chair uh, aligns himself with the Word of God, the, uh, uh, and, he, uh, and he, he submits himself to God's Word. Second chair, he really respects the Bible. He, he, he sees it as, as a very, very important book. But, but, you know, this is a different age that we live in, and that's a pretty old book. And, and a lot of things in there, you know, don't really line up with, with what we now know. Or what's going on in society. You know, it just, a lot, of, a lot of biblical teaching doesn't actually fit with today. That's a second chair mindset. And, and I got to tell you something, and, and this might be a little hard to take, but that's a lie from the pit of hell. And, and that mindset is a second chair mindset. Uh, you know, uh, see, first chair submits to the Word of God. Second chair respects the Word of God. Third chair, he owns a copy of the Word of God. He got his name printed on there. And it's, you know, good enough. It's hard for second chair people to admit they're second chair people. Because it's hard to admit that. Because we feel so committed. And really, we could call, uh, you know, the second chair, we could call it commitment as well. Because really, first chair is, is committed to God. Second chair is committed to themselves. And they have strong commitments to make sure that they're happy. To make sure that they're comfortable. Uh, to make sure that life is convenient. They, they, you know, in, in the workplace, the first chair guy sees it as a calling. Second place, the second chair guy sees it as an opportunity for God to, to bless him. That if I work hard and do it right, you know, that God will put his blessing on what I do and, and I'll be empowered uh, to, to provide for the life that I want. First chair realizes that no matter what situation he's in, he serves God and God alone. That he's not a provider. God is. And that God has provided this opportunity today. For him. And his question is, God, what are we going to do today? This guy doesn't ask God, what are we going to do? He tells God what he'd like him to do. Third chair, you know, when it comes to work, it's a, it, it's a proving ground. It's where I increase my value. It's where I take advantage of my skills, my wisdom, my abilities, and, and I use it for, for my good. And to be quite honest with you, uh, you, know, uh, you know, this is it's my, the results. I take responsibility for the results, and, 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 but, but I also need you to understand that it, it's me. I've done this. I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made woman. I, I worked hard to get to where I am. And not realizing that had God not opened doors, you wouldn't have had that opportunity at all. There's no responsibility. See, first chair is, 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 is looking for God's way to do life. Second chair is just making sure that his life doesn't go too far in either direction. You know, I, 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 I don't want to be like that guy. 
but I don't want to be a fanatic. See, and, and uh, where conviction is an anchor, this guy is, is built a life on comparison, which has to do with beliefs. That my, my beliefs dictate the direction of my life. The only problem with that is and it sounds cool, don't it? You know, do you believe? I believe in God. Well, so does the devil. You know, well, well, I believe, we get together in groups and we sit around and ask each other, well, what do you think that this means? What does this mean to you? Frankly, Scarlet, what this means to you is not what I need to hear. What did he mean when he said it? Right, there, there's, a guy, there, there's a guy that's leading a nation in the book of Ezra. We're going to read this scripture together. In, in, in the book of Ezra, he said, uh, you know what? I, I proclaimed a fast at, at the river of uh, Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek him for the right way for us, for the right way for our children, for the right way for our possessions. He, he said, you know, we, we, we proclaimed a fast you know, to, uh, uh, we, 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 we put ourselves in a position where uh, we weren't going to get what we like, what we're used to, what we're comfortable with. We're, we're not going to feed the flesh because we need to hear from God. We're going to humble ourselves and seek God to find the right way. See, there's a right way. I just, I, I really, I, I really want you to just own this reality that there is a right way for you. In every situation, God said, I'll never leave you. I won't forsake you. You're not on your own. You know, God is with me. Psalms 118, it says, the Lord is on my side. It doesn't mean he's on my team. No, he's on my side. He's walking with me. He's going to guide me. He's going to instruct me. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me, and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things that you don't know. One translation says, fenced in things, hidden things, secret things, things you couldn't possibly know. I mean, all of us would agree that God knows some things we couldn't possibly know. But we have to ask ourselves, well, why aren't we asking him for insight and revelation in the, in the decisions that we're making? Why, why do, am I not checking in with God on every choice I make? It's because we're under the impression that we already know the answer. I don't need directions if I know where I'm going. But see, the problem with that is, is that you might have directions to get to where you're going, but it might not necessarily be from where you're at. See, because we like to deceive ourselves, and we not, I'm telling you that if it was just you and me in a conversation and you were put on the spot, that very, very few of us would say, well, I'm in this third chair, which represents conflict. We, wouldn't, we don't just openly admit, I'm in conflict with God and good with it. Not us. Now, there might be people out there that are just fine with that, but hey, this church-going bunch of believers, you know, we just, you know, we just don't walk around announcing that, yeah, I'm doing life my way. But a lot of us, that's where we're at. We just don't want to admit it. We don't want to see it. See, he said, we're seeking God to find the right way. How many of you know there's a right way for your life? You know, it, I'm telling you, there's a right way, there's a right decision, and, 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 and you and I, we do not know everything. Right. We need to be calling on God, not to tell him what we want, but to hear what we should do. 
See, a, a good people, the steps, the steps of the good are ordered of God. When's the last time? I mean, and we just got to, I'm not trying to be, a, this is not a Debbie Downer thing. I'm not, you know, there's, I don't want you getting under condemnation because if we're going to be in Christ and led by the Spirit, not by the flesh, no, there is no condemnation. But there is correction. There is instruction. There is direction that you and I need to go to God to get. Because Proverbs 14, 12 says that there's a way that looks right to you, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Death isn't necessarily dead, it's separation. There's a way that looks right to you, but it's going to separate you from the end that God declared for you at the beginning. Isaiah said he declared the end at the beginning. You and I, we, we get hyper-focused on the way. Boy, this is the way I think. See, that's all second chair mindset. I, uh, because, and you find yourself all the time making statements, well, I think it should have gone this way. Well, it seems to me. Well, right, that's second chair mindset. See, because sometimes, sometimes, it, it, it's like I was talking about the logos and the raiment, you know, the system of logic and, and a secular system of logic. They, they look so similar. It can be so confusing if I haven't heard from God. Because God won't have you do the exact same thing in very, very similar situations. It's not always the same. Remember the storms? Well, you would think that if we went through a storm, we'd know how to handle storms. But in the storms, the guys that travel with Jesus went through storms. Some of them he spoke to. Some of them we walked through. Some of them we float through. You know, hey, we're getting through, but we need direction. There's a right way. You and I, we, we want to embrace all ways. Any way, any, any, any way you want to do it, man, we're good with any, because we don't want to offend anybody. Oh, we're getting close to the edge right here. Got to be really careful, because, you know, we don't want to start talking about stuff like sin or nothing, because that's an offensive topic. And you know, brother, that we have Grace. The grace of God. So in other words, if, may I digress <laughs> from my prepared message and just share my heart for a moment? Grace is not a blanket to hide your disobedience under. It's an empowering agent that will enable you to do what you could have never done on your own. That when God speaks, see, we're seeking from God the right way. Well, pastor, that's so Old Testament. You know, grace has covered us. And, and, and Okay, let's, let's not argue salvation for just a minute. Let, let, you know, because are, are you suggesting that sin can separate us from the love of God? No, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Neither height, nor depth, nor width, nor breadth, nor any other preacher. I mean, creature. Nothing, nothing can separate me from the love of God, but sin does separate me from fellowship with God. See, there, there is a right way. If there's a right way, then there's a wrong way. And, you know, if we're going to seek God for the right way to do life, then we have to be willing to admit we might not know what it is. And I'm telling you, in our current culture, our current society, we're way off. You know, I, I don't want the job of telling you how to live. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But I'm going to tell you something. Some things are, are written in, in this book, and uh, he's not going to change that. 
Can I, can I be really offensive today in a nice way? Jesse said, okay. See, when a man and a woman live together outside of wedlock, well, you know, everybody's doing it. I got to tell you something. See, there's a reason God planned life a certain way. Because the choices you make have a great impact on the results that you experience. And there's an there's a end, right? There's an end. See, there's a way that seems right to you, but the end is, is off from what God had for you. And you want what God has for you. That's why in Romans 12, he said, don't be conformed to this world. Don't let this world make your decisions for you, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can prove to yourself that God's will for your life is good, that God's will for your life is acceptable, that God's will for your life is perfect. You ain't going to miss out. You ain't going to get ripped off. No, here's where we get ripped off is when we decide to not seek God's way, but to do it my way. Well, it just doesn't seem right, you know. I mean, look at where we are. No, man, we, we're basing our life on the Word of God. Well, why do you have to pick marriage? Okay, forgiveness. Because, you know, the, the guy, there's a bunch of second chair people in here looking around the room saying, ha-ha, thank God I'm not like that. But you're judgmental. And, 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 and you don't forgive. Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. It don't matter. See, there's a right way for you. And it's to forgive. That's his way. And you got to do it. And when you're holding it against him, you're losing. Yeah, but I'm right. Isn't it weird? You can be so right and still be so wrong. There's a lot of people who are right that haven't even made it to the second chair yet. Second chair is filled with people who are right, just not right with God. Huh. I think, I think there's a key here that we got to see. We, 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 we set a fast, and, and by the way, you know, you, well, I, I don't like fasting. Well, obviously, neither do I. Maybe it isn't food that you should cut off. Maybe it's Facebook. Some of you guys would have an amazing amount of free time on your hands. You know, it's so weird that we spend so much time on Facebook, but our relationship with God looks more like Snapchat. tweet that one. <laughs> you might want to find something that'll impact you so you just so you can get serious with God. I'm going to take this time and I'm going to I'm going to humble myself. See that that's what we're after. It is a place where we can humble ourselves. See a first chair guy will humble himself. A second chair guy will justify himself. Third chair, he just excuses himself from the whole process. 
But I'll, I will humble myself and seek God to find the right way. The right way. See, uh, Joshua, remember when, 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 he was, uh, uh, when he was getting ready to make this major statement, he, he told the guys, he said, you know, you've seen what God has done. And you've seen, you, you've seen the, the, the work that he's done for you, and, and, and he's driven out armies that are great and powerful, and, and uh, one of you can rout a thousand of them because God fights for you. So be careful to love God. It's, it's interesting. He said, be careful. In, in a, uh, we don't have it to put up. You have to look it up later, but 23, chapter 23 of Joshua, verse 6, it says, be very strong and be careful to obey all that's written, so you won't turn to the left or the right. Be careful to obey. That's Old Testament. Well, James said, be a doer of the word. The Amplified Bible says, hearing and obeying all that it says. See, we, we got to be obedient. Grace does not excuse you from obedience to God. Grace empowers you so that you can do it. Paul said, hey, because of this grace that we got, because of this empowerment, because of this, you know, this relationship that we've developed, I am ready for all things equal to and ready for anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. Stuff I didn't think I can do, I can do it. Things I didn't think I could handle, I can handle it. Why? Because God's empowering me to walk life his way. See, in other words, there's no excuses See, because when you come up with an excuse, you've, you've robbed yourself of the ability to do anything about it. You know, okay, I guess I'm just a victim. You're not a victim. But you need to, you know, you need to hear God so you can obey God. But, but, and, you know, I just had this thought this week as we were, we were just praying and getting ready, and, and I just had this thought that some of us have sat on the throne of our life for so long that when we talk to ourselves, we think, think we're hearing God. Which is why Ezra said, hey, I'm going to cut some stuff off. I want to make sure that we're getting divine direction. Because the way that seems right to me is so strong. Man, I, I just got to tell you, man, in, in, in most situations, there's a way that I, I feel pretty strong. I'm a, I, pretty strongly opinionated. I mean, I can only remember like one time I was wrong. And it's the time I thought I was wrong, but I really wasn't. Remember that time? No, you know, I always, I always think I know, I know what we should do. I know where we should go. I, I know, you know, I know what's up. I, I you know, and, and because of that, sometimes, you know, I, I get in my own way. But I don't think I'm the only person in the room that, that needs to, to, to have a moment of clarity where I, where, where I can openly admit that, hey, man, sometimes it isn't easy to hear God. But there's never a time that it isn't vital to hear God. See, because we're, we're entering into a, into a future. See, God has, God has a future, right? See, because I'm looking for the right way for, 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 for me, for us. I'm looking for the right way for our little ones, for our kids. And you might be here today and say, we don't have kids. Okay, put it this way. I'm looking for the right way for my present, for me right now. I'm looking for a right way for my future. Because that's what those kids represent. 
See, I, I, need to get, I need to get now correct so that the future's right. And to ensure that takes place, everything that God's brought into my life, I, I, need, to, I need to make sure that I'm handling it correctly. All of our possessions. All of the blessings of God. See, I'm blessed by everything, but I'm entitled to nothing. I don't get it just because, hey, uh, I, I'm a kid. You know, I'm a child of God. Okay, but there, there's two words for sons of God also. There's, there's weos and technon. Technon means that he's a child merely by fact of childbirth. Weos is a mature son who displays the characteristics of his father. Romans 8.14 says all those who are led by the Spirit of God are weos, sons of God. See, this is where you and I want to get. See, this, this is just the natural man. This, this is just the natural man who can't receive the things of God. He, God don't talk to him because he can't even receive truth from God. This is the guy who's received Christ as his Savior. He has newness of life, but he's still carnal. Paul said this is the carnal mindset. The carnal mindset that has started a relationship with God, but is still directed by the world, by by you know, popular culture. But this is a spiritual man. This is a guy who's led by the Spirit. This is where we want to be. So that we can have the future that God's prepared for us. See, because you want what God has for you. I said you want. Well, come on, somebody. You want what God has for you, look at one more scripture. Am I doing okay? Joshua 24, look at verse 14. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. It's not talking about being afraid of God, but it's more concerned with missing God's plan. Serve him wholeheartedly put away the idols you know serve him wholeheartedly let's just talk about this for just one second at some point we need to ask ourselves my heart towards God? Am I a wholehearted servant of God or a half-hearted follower? It's hard to differentiate and it's hard to see in action because there's so few, and I don't mean to be negative, but our society embraces half-hearted followers, celebrates that, it encourages that, because if you become a wholehearted servant, see, the first chair guy is serving God, the second chair guy is following to see what he can get out of it, see, a, a, a second chair guy is, is all in as long as it's convenient, as long as it's comfortable. As long as it doesn't change any of the decisions I make. But, but see, a wholehearted servant realizes that he made a decision 
You know, when, when we made the decision, uh, re- remember, we used to sing it all the time. I have decided to follow Jesus. See, a first chair guy knows that when I made the decision, what I did is I relinquished all other decisions. See, the word decision comes from the same root word as incision. It means to, to, to cut. It's not the selection of one thing. It's the elimination of all other things. See, when Shelby and I got married, we made a decision. She would have felt really odd, really uncomfortable. If she had come home with three other guys, and I responded to it, which I would have. Why? Because she made a decision. I made a decision. When you walk into Taco Bell, bless your heart, and you go in to have some fine Mexican cuisine, and you look up at the board, and there's 72 menu items, which doesn't make any sense at all. How in the world did they come up with so many menu items and only six ingredients? Have <laughs> you ever thought about that? What's a taco? That's a tortilla with ground beef, lettuce, and cheese. What's a burrito? That's a tortilla with ground beef and cheese. What are nachos? Chopped up tortillas with cheese. Would you like ground beef on that? <laughs> Next time you go to Taco Bell and they say, what would you like? Say, who cares? But when you walk in and you see the 72 menu items and you make your decision, it's not simply selecting one or four. It's eliminating the rest. See, we need to come to a place where we make a decision. God, I'm serving you. No longer serving me. I'm not serving my best interests. I'm not doing what I want, when I want, how I want, as long as I want, and finding some way to justify it. I don't want to be justified. I want to be humbled. So God, I'm making a decision to do whatever it takes that'll humble me. So when I seek your way, I'll actually hear it, find it. Obey it. Is God your way for my life? Your way for my life? I know is good, acceptable, and perfect. God has a plan for your future. God has a plan, an end result that He declared at the beginning. His word says that before he even started shaping you, he knew exactly where he was going to take you. And he made you different. And he empowered you to fulfill that plan. Ecclesiastes says the race, man, it's not just for the fast, the battle, it's not just for the strong, riches, they're not just for men of understanding. Time and chance. Time and chance. It's not oops, no, it's a moment impregnated with purpose. For the opportunity that God has created 
you to experience. Corinthians says, for there is a great and effectual door of opportunity open unto me. A great door of effectual opportunity. But there's also adversaries. And see, without, without hearing from God, I'll miss my doors. I'll miss those opportunities. I'll, 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 I'll be distracted by other things. Opportunities will pop up. Opportunity is often the greatest enemy of destiny. Because we're under the impression that every opportunity is from God. No, some of them are a distraction. Some of them will just take you off track. As a matter of fact, if all you're looking for is another opportunity, you're an easy target for the enemy to mess with. Because instead of, instead of fighting to, to save your business, you'll let it go for an opportunity. Instead of, instead of hanging in there to win the battle, you'll, you'll jump ship because of the opportunity. See, without direction from God, you could end up anywhere except the place that he intended. I don't want any place. I want his place for me, for my kids, for our church. We need to make a decision. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment, and we're going to pray a prayer together. Some of us in the room, the very first decision we need to make is to humble ourselves and let God take his rightful place on the throne of our hearts. It's time for us to admit our need for him. We're all going to pray this prayer together. We won't embarrass you. We won't call you out or have you stand. But if you're here in this room today and you know that God He's just, he's just moving in your life. You know that he's talking to you, that now is the time for you. Get serious. Get real with God so God can get real with you. Make a decision today to seek his ways. And if that's you, while nobody's looking around, I just want you to hold your hand up so I can agree with you in prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. You can put them down. Anybody else? I'm making a decision today. I'm going to follow him. Thank you, ma'am. I'm going to follow him, and, and I'm not going after my way. I'm going after his way, and if it means changing, then I'm, cha- I'm willing to change. I'm not going to ask God to, to do a change that I'm not willing to participate in. I want everybody in this place, just pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Help me change from the inside out, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give God one more big shout, one more big praise.